Hello, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast for Thursday. This is your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode, we have a very special episode. We did a crossover with John Chick of Locked On Rangers to talk about Jacques Martin going to the Rangers and what Rangers fans can expect for him, as well as the Stanley Cup playoffs. Also talked about some really, really bad playoff commercials that are very, very overplayed. Tomorrow's episode, we will have Jeff known as Latang Colt from Penguins Twitter on. We're going to go over the TSN trade bait board and look at some players that could be a fit for the Penguins, even though there would be a lot of salary cap things to figure out with that. As always, this show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. But for now, guys, enjoy this very special crossover episode with John Check of Locked On Rangers. All right, welcome back, everyone. We've got a special crossover episode for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins. Hunter, how are we doing today, buddy? Not doing too, too bad, man. You know, just another day in paradise as we keep going through the playoffs and, you know, just through the whole pandemic and everything. Yeah, I mean, I know that obviously both of us would want our team to still be alive at this point, but the Stanley Cup playoffs are still the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they've definitely been a lot of fun to watch. And, hey, we're going to get at least one Game 7 this round with uh, the Avalanche and the Stars there, which has just been a crazy series. Yeah, it looked like we weren't going to get any Game 7s or Game 6s as every series was three games to one, but it looks like we may have a team that actually comes back from a three games to one deficit. So we'll see how that Game 7 goes. I'm really excited to watch it. Absolutely. And, you know, I figure we'll jump right into this here. Uh, The obvious connection here with Rangers and Penguins is that your assistant coach is now our assistant coach, the Rangers, hiring Jock Marte to uh, the position of assistant coach. He essentially replaces Lindy Ruff. Uh, What are your general thoughts upon hearing that, you know, the Rangers have hired Marte as the coach? And do you think that this is a good hire for the Rangers? Yeah, no, he's a really, really good hire. He's a big upgrade over Lindy Ruff. I, I would always see a lot of Rangers fans go at Lindy Ruff because the defensive numbers under him were, look like we're kind of piss poor. But, you know, he'll bring a different um, voice to the room, a different element. When him and Mike Sullivan were running their defensive system and when it was working, they would do a 1-2-2 neutral zone trap. Um, it, it didn't show – it wasn't as good the last couple of years just for obvious reasons with the personnel, but when it was really going – um, a lot of teams just would not get chances. I mean, early on this season, it, the blueprint was there at times, especially when, you know, Sidney Crosby was out and Crystal Tang missed some games and Kenny Malkin missed some games. And it's like they would just play better defensively and they would actually stick to the blueprint. But when they would all come back, it would just go to all hell. But, you know, in 2016 and 2017, that neutral zone trap just frustrated a lot of teams. Um, he does really good work on the penalty kill. The Penguins penalty kill was always mostly top 10 under Jacques Martin. So, um, that should be an area of improvement there for the Rangers. Um, but yeah, I think this, someone like Adam Fox will really benefit from Martin, you know, just with his defensive system. And, you know, he did, he did also trap a lot when he was the head coach. So, you know, he'll bring that kind of thing to the Rangers, but you know, I do really think this is going to be a good hire for them. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, the Rangers penalty kill unit, it's a unit that has definitely struggled over the last couple of seasons. Part of that is it's just a byproduct of having a young team and, uh, you know, just trying to figure it out and put all the pieces together. But I mean, is he good enough that he can come in and, you know, maybe at least make this, I mean, at bare minimum, like at least an average penalty kill next season to maybe slightly above average. Can he make that yeah. kind of an impact right away? Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely think he can. I mean, our penalty kill was pr- pretty good before he got here, but he transformed it into a really, really, really unit. Um, when he did get here, like I said, it was like top five, top 10, most of the seasons, um, he should be able to get yours to at least average, especially, you know, as your younger players start to get older, you know, they get more experience. 
Um, he's very experienced with dealing with penalty kills and being a defensive-minded coach. So I really think he can get that going and you know get the Rangers um, playing better defense, I think, in front of their goaltenders. And uh, at the end of the season, I wanted to get your reaction to this. He's let go by the Penguins. So is Sergei Gonchar. So is Mark Recchi. And I just wanted to know, um, were you in favor of the Penguins? I mean, obviously Mike Sullivan's still there, but were you in favor of the Penguins kind of cleaning house there? Or did that seem a little too extreme given that, you know, they've won two Stanley Cups and I believe all three of those guys were there for the two Stanley Cup championship teams. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, Mark, Mark Recchi was, I don't think, was he... I don't, I'm not sure. Was he there for 2016-17? I don't think he was. I'm I think not he, 100%. I thought I remember seeing that, but yeah. yeah. I think Rick Tocca was still there. Rick Merke came after that. So yeah, this is funny. I was recording an episode, and I was talking about that. I'm like, yeah, I kind of expected Mark Recchi to go. He just was terrible with the power play. It was unacceptable how bad the Penguins power play was this season. It was like hovering at barely average with two of the best players in the world. I know you're without Phil Kessel, who just makes the power play even bet, much better, but to have an average power play with two of the best players in the world, that's just unacceptable. Um, he was just so out of his league. But then, you know, I was like, I think they're going to bring Martin and Gontrar back. And it's after I post the episode, they're all fired. So I was basically just like, don't listen to that episode. But, I mean, I was really surprised they did fire Gonchar. Um, I think he was he did a good job with the defenseman. And, you know, he, he turned Eric Goodbrands into a semi-decent player for a little bit before he was traded. No one can save Jack Johnson because he's just unsavable at this point. Um, Martin, I wasn't as, I mean, I was surprised, but I guess like not as surprised as like Gonchar, I guess. But the big thing is they want new fresh voices in the room. That's, that's the way to go about it. They're not going to fire Mike Sullivan. I saw people wanting to fire Mike Sullivan after this run. I think those people are a little bit delusional. I'd give them at least another half of the season. And if the team doesn't improve or if they're just average, maybe you think about canning him, you have potentially his replacement on the staff right now in Bellucci, but, you know, I, I wasn't surprised that one of them was fired. Two of them, I was kind of surprised, but in the end, I'm fine with it. It gets fresh new voices in the room, fresh new ideas, and hopefully they can push Mike Sullivan to make some potential better decisions with the lineup because he was definitely not blameless in that first round series against Montreal with his roster management. Right. I mean, it sounds like from what you're saying, Mark Recchi was probably going to be gone no matter what. I mean, maybe if the yeah. Penguins would have gone on a Stanley Cup run and maybe then he would have been OK. But, um, you know, obviously the qualifying round loss to the Montreal Canadiens, that leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouths. Uh, <laughs> do you think the other two guys may have been safe if they had at least gotten past Montreal? Or do you think they were gone no matter what? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um I think they may have been able to come back. I think their contracts were up after this season anyway, so Jim Rutherford would have to make a decision one way or another. Um, I think they probably would have kept Gonchar, and I was speaking to a couple of beat reporters for the Penguins, and they told me that you know they were really surprised that Gonchar was let go just because of how much the organization respects him and just you know the, the job that he's done there. They also wouldn't be surprised if he comes back in another capacity, though I think that would be kind of weird, especially after he was just let go. But Martin... I, that's tough. I think maybe he would have left, but I think Gonchar would have stayed, I, I think is my guess on that. Gotcha. And uh, I saw you did an episode on Todd Reardon yesterday. He begins his second stint with the Penguins. He's a new mm -hmm. assistant coach. Uh, Mike Volucci, another uh, new assistant coach for the Penguins. Uh, do you feel good about these hires? Do you, do you like these guys that they've brought in? Yeah, I'm fine with Todd Reardon coming back. Reardon was really never cut out to be a head coach. I mean, I think everyone saw that with the Washington Capitals, how they just had two first-round exits in a row. It's kind of been over his head. But the one thing that he does know how to do very well 
Um, well, two things, you know, he, he does, he runs a very, very good power play. Um, when the Penguins, when he was coaching the power play, I think it was 2010, 2014, they finished top 10 in the league every season. I think the best that they finished was third. Maybe they, they were first one year, but I know they were definitely third in one of those years. And this was before Phil Kessel came in, who of course transformed the power play into one of the best power plays this team has ever seen. But, you know, he just, he knows how to run a power play, which is really, 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 really good. It can't be worse than it was this last season. He'll instill some new ideas with that. He also works well with defensemen. Chris Tang had some of his best seasons of his career when he was with Todd Reardon. So getting Chris back to that level. I mean, Chris did go to another level after Reardon left in 2015-16. But if Chris can get back to that level and to a level that he was when Reardon was here, that would be um, very, very good as well. He also can work with Brian Dumoulin, who just continues to excel, John Marino. Um, Marcus Pedersen, all that. And then with Vellucci, I think this is a slam dunk too. I know he's never coached in the NHL. I think he's just mostly been in the minor leagues, but you know, he's overseen the development of someone like JT Miller and James Neal and Tyler Sagan. So, you know, he's, he's been around the league for a long time. I mean, like I said, I know he hasn't coached in the NHL, but he's just been around the game a long time. He's been around Jim Rutherford for a long time. Um, I wasn't surprised when he was promoted and, I said it earlier. I said it yesterday on my episode too. If, if the team struggles next season and Mike Sullivan is canned somehow, um, he is either that is going to replace Mike Sullivan. They will not give the keys to Todd Reardon, that's for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, I thought we could kind of turn our attention to free agency as, you know, Penguins fans and Ranger fans, we all kind of start to look toward the offseason. Uh, I'm noticing the Penguins, it looks like they have 10 free agents, and I'm sure you're aware of them, but I'll, I'll just run through the list really fast for anyone who may not be. You've got Justin Schultz, Matt Murray, Connor Sheary, Jared McCann, Sam Lafferty, Anthony Angelo, Dominique Simon, uh, Tristan Yeri, Yuso Ricola, and Patrick Marlowe are out of this whole list. Are there one or two guys that you really need to see back with the Penguins next season? I mean, do you want to see Matt Murray back? What the goalie situation? Uh, just give me a feel for that if you can. Uh, two of them, Tristan Jari and Jared McCann. Um, okay. Tristan Jari is going to get signed. I think they are going to trade Matt Murray. There's been a lot of Matt Murray trade rumors. Last couple of days, it looks like it might be a bidding war, which is nice for me. Hopefully, Jim Rutherford can get a nice return for him and a team can overpay for a two-time Stanley Cup champion goalie. But I think Connor Sherry is going to walk. I wouldn't be surprised if they did re-sign him, but I think he's gone. Though I just really don't see the room for him coming back. Marlowe's gone. Justin Schultz is gone. I can tell you, John, that um, I was talking to a couple of beat reporters and the organization was not happy with Justin Schultz and the way that he came into the bubble and the way he played. But yeah, he still somehow got a lot of ice time. He's gone though. So that opens up a spot on the third pairing. Um, Yuso Rikla is in Mike Sullivan's doghouse. He's probably not coming back. <laughs> Sam Lafferty might be back, maybe on a short-term little deal. Dominic Simone might be back. But Jared McCann, I think, should come back. I know he's been the subject of trade rumors lately, but you got to give him new competent line mates. He just, it wasn't right when he was with Marlowe and Hornquist on that third line in the playoffs. It was just, that line was just there and the possession numbers were just terrible and they weren't getting a lot of scoring chances. And I just want to see McCann with two competent wingers on the third line so that he can play center. Cause I do think he is a good center. And a lot of his struggles were because of his shooting percentage tank tanked. So I think it would be wise to give him a new contract, but you know, if he's going to ask for 4 million per, you know, you might have to say no to that. Um, everyone else I honestly think is going to walk. They just don't have the cap space. I know they kind of want to cut salary um, just because of, you know, COVID and everything like that. So there's probably only a couple of their RFAs, UFAs combined that they're going to bring back. 
Now that we have a break during this episode, it's time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselves. So you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Yeah, it's crazy. You just touched on this a little bit, but it's crazy how much of a difference it can make depending on who you're out there with. Because you look at with the Rangers, you know, Ryan Strom, he's going to be a restricted free agent this mm-hmm. offseason. And it's a situation where, you know, it seems about 50-50, although I'm, I'm kind of starting to see some whispers that, you know, maybe the Rangers are going to get a deal done with him. But, you know, he's a guy who's kind of been a journeyman and then this past year has the best season of his career. And, I mean, listen, he deserves credit for that, but it's also due at least in part to the fact that he's out there with Artemi Panarin every single night, and we saw what he did this season. But it really is crazy how much of a difference it can make, how much better somebody can look, just depending on, you know, who their line mates are. Yeah, that that is, that is pretty crazy to me. I mean, Pascal Dupuis played with Sidney Crosby after playing on, like, the third and fourth lines uh, for some of his career, and then he had his career season. And they, they paid him, but, you know, I think his contract was a little too rich, even though I do really like – Pascal Dupuis as a player. So, yeah, when you're playing with Artemi Panarin, your numbers are going to grow up, you know, same as playing, I think, with any star. So, but, yeah, I think you, in those contract negotiations, they're going to have to be pretty careful because, you know, do you think he can repeat this next year? If they play play like if they play him with him or if they play him in the bottom six or whatever, that's, I think, going to be the big question um, with that, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy, man, because, you know, the Rangers have eight free agents right now, and, you know, some of them are restricted, some of them are unrestricted, but the bottom line is, with just about all of them, you can really make a solid case either way for either bringing them back or letting them walk. I mean, with Ryan Strom, as you just mentioned, can he do this again? How much of this is because he was out there with Artemi Panarin? Is there going to come a time where, you know, we'll have a better second line center and Ryan Strom will move down to the third line and then his production, you know, tails off. And then you've got guys like, you know, Tony D'Angelo. He just had a a phenomenal season for the Rangers, but can he do it again? And do they really need him given the fact that they have other two-way defensemen such as guys like Adam Fox and Jacob Truba? And even, you know, coming down the pipe in future years here, we're going to see K. Andre Miller and Nils Lundqvist at some point as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. I'm glad I'm not the Ranger GM. I'm glad I'm not uh, the one in charge of all these decisions because, you know, I've been spending a lot of time on free agency. You really can make a case both ways for a lot of these players. And I'm sure it's just kind of the same deal with the Penguins as well. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy market and a crazy offseason, especially with the flat cap. I think you're going to see some teams try to shed salary any way they can with the COVID situation. And just, you know, they're not going to try to pay these players what they want because just because with the flat cap, the cap's not going to go up for the next couple of seasons. It was expected to go up a lot these next couple of seasons. But, you know, this happened and, Teams are going to have to live with it. You know, Seattle is probably licking their chops right now with some of the free agents and the players that they can get in the expansion draft because some of these teams aren't, aren't going to be able to play, to pay some of the players that are up soon. So um, it's just it's going to be a crazy offseason with these RFAs um, and UFAs. I'm hoping we get an offer sheet at some point. You know, we saw one last year with um, uh, his uh, it's his name is it's one of the it's the Carolina player and it's just killing me that I can't. Oh, Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, there you just, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought I, – I just didn't think of it for a second. But, yeah, so we saw one last offseason. Really hoping maybe we get another one this offseason, but I'm not going to hold my breath for it. Right. I mean, is there any chance that you could see the Penguins uh, going after one of these top-tier free agents from around the league? I mean, it sounds like, you know, the Penguins 
from what you're telling me, they're kind of just going to focus on their own guys. I mean, we do have you know these big name free agents like Alex Peter Angel, like Taylor Hall, like Tory Krug. Uh, is there any chance the Penguins make a play here, or do you think that's out of their price range at this time? Yeah, way out of their price range. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trying to cut salary anyway. They, they got to dump some more salary, and you know, stack could be traded. Um, praying that Jack Johnson gets off this team so that the team can contend again, but Jim Rutherford seems to make have this personal and just have it out for the fan base that just doesn't like him, but I'm not going <laughs> to that. But, um, there's Patrick Hornquist could potentially be on the trading back. His trading block is $5.3 million is a bit too rich right now. I know he had his rejuvenated season, but, you know, that cap hit is just going to look, I think, worse and worse as a couple of years go by. But it's just I think a lot of these big-name free agents are out of their price range. One free agent, though, that could be cheap that I would really like them to go out and get is Dylan DeMello. He can play on the right side on the third pairing. Probably sign him into, like, a one- or two-year deal for about just a couple million per season. He's a free agent again. He was a free agent last year. He went to Ottawa, then he was traded to Winnipeg. So he'd be the perfect Justin Schultz replacement. It's elite defensive suppression numbers. He can move the puck. He would just be a really good fit in Mike Sullivan's system. So that those are the kind of players that I think, you know, the Penguins are going to try and go after. Just one of those, some of those lower tier price players. That's kind of what I've been thinking the Rangers are going to do as well. I mean, I don't know that this is the season to really go nuts in free agency because if you look at, you know, you Google, uh, you know, a list of the top free agents available and top 25 free agents, top 30 free agents. And, you know, you look at it and there's good players, no doubt. Take nothing away from these guys. But I kind of get the feeling that a lot of these guys are going to be end up being overpaid because I don't know that this is the deepest free agent class that you've ever seen. And so if you're the Rangers, you know, every now and then you'll go on social media and you'll say, oh, man, we should go after Tory Krug. And, you know, Tory Krug is a great player. But again, you know, you're kind of, if you get Tory Krug, you're probably going to be paying him, I don't know, five and a half, six million a year somewhere in there. And you already have several two-way defensemen on your team. So you're kind of going to handcuff yourself as far as what you can do in future years. So I just don't know whether you're the Rangers, the Penguins, or really anyone else. I don't know that this is the year to really go nuts in free agency, unless you're one of those teams that thinks like, man, we are Alex Peter Angelo away from winning the Stanley Cup, or we're Tory Krug away from winning the Cup, or we're yeah. Robin Leonard away from winning the Cup. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Unless unless they have like a lot of salary cap space, you know, you look at a team like Colorado, they have a ton of cap space, I think. Going yeah. into the season, but they have to be careful because they have a couple of extensions they're going to have to do coming up. I think Rant- McCarr is going to be up in a couple of years. I think Rantanen is going to be up in a couple of years. So, you know, they'll have to worry about that. But, you know, they have a lot of cap space right now. I could definitely see a team like that. I mean, my question is how many of these big name free agents are even going to make it to free agency? I think the Blues are going to resign Petrangelo. But it's going to be pricey. And for Krug, he's probably going to want over $6 million for It's probably going to be closer to 7 to 8 if I had to guess. But, yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of GM just make mistakes in free agency. And I, don't, and I th- don't think this year will be any different. I think you'll still see some mistakes. You know, you have the goaltending market, especially with Braden Holpe. Some team is going to overpay him way too much, even though he was bad this season. So I'm just I'm just fascinated to see, you know, what how teams approach this free agency in just such a different time that we're in right now it's gonna be very interesting and you know the first day of free agency is always nuts everybody just kind of hits the ground running and you know players sign with teams faster than you can even you know tweet about it really so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to seeing it as well man and you know it it really is going to be crazy um with the penguins though let me me just kind of play devil's advocate a little bit here so obviously you know crosby malkin they're getting into their early to mid 30s at this point a couple guys on that team getting a little bit older uh chris letang is another one um is there any pressure to kind of, I don't know, maybe not this year, but next year in free agency to kind of add to this team before the the quote unquote window closes? I mean, are we at that point with the Penguins or you feel like they can still be a, you know, a very good team for a lot of years going forward with that same core group? 
No, I think they're at that point. You know, there's probably only about a couple, two to three years left before this really, really starts to go downhill and they get the Crosby Malkin to around like 35, 36, 37 years of age. Um, after the 2022 season, uh, Malkin's contract is up. Latang's contract is up. Kaplan's contract is up. And, you know, it's just, it's going to be pricey to retain, you know, some of these players. A lot of these players are just up after that season. I think Brian Russ' contract is up after that season or the season after that. So it's just, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to add, you know, for going into next season and going into the season after that. I mean, that's why they traded their first round pick. I didn't agree with the asset management for the Sperry Kaplan trade, but, you know, I guess it's a mute point now because Jim Rutherford just really didn't give a shit about it. But, you know, <laughs> the time is now. You know, they're trying to get that for Stanley Cup for them. I don't know if it's going to happen, but you're, you're going to probably see them trade more assets to get more players to come in. They're not going to really sign anyone free agency like I just talked about because they're trying to cut salary and they're just too far up against the cap. But yeah, it's really about just two to three years more of this window before, you know, it really, really starts to just slam shot as they just get well into their mid thirties and into their late thirties, if we're being honest. Yeah, I hear you. And you know, the thing I keep telling Ranger fans, I've kind of been preaching patience as far as, you know, cause they definitely took a step in the right direction this year, you know, that second half surge and getting into the 2014 playoff tournament, getting some playoff experience and all that good stuff. But I don't want them to kind of overextend themselves and go reaching for free agents that maybe they shouldn't. And, you know, <laughs> you have to keep in, you have to keep in mind as well. You know, they've got guys, this guy, Mika Zibanejad, you probably heard of, you know, in two years, he's going to have to be paid. So you have to make sure that you have some cap space available for that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, I just don't think this is the strongest free agent class that we've ever seen. And the other thing after, after, this next season ends Brennan Smith, Mark Stahl, Henrik Lundqvist, all free agents, all their contracts coming off the books. And I think at this point, probably fair game to say that all those guys are probably overpaid. So maybe if you're the Rangers next year, maybe that's the market to dive into. I haven't had a chance to take a look at who will be a free agent around the league next season, but definitely uh, I, I could see them maybe being a little bit more aggressive this year than maybe they will be this year. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking that too. And, you know, I, I just wonder if, th- if that was Henry Lundqvist's last hurrah because, you know, they have those two young goaltenders in that next season. So I wonder if they're going to try to, like, buy him out, you know, ask him if he wants to retire. That, I think that's going to be a fascinating story as we go into free agency. Is I don't know if he would want to play for another team. I think he just really likes it in New York from everything I've read. So that, that would be a big chunk of salary off your cap, too. I think it's like, what, seven, eight million that he makes. So. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a fascinating situation. I'm really curious to see if he calls it quits just during this offseason. Yeah, there's so many different ways that this could go, and I don't think any of them are off the table. I mean, he could retire. It's possible that maybe they talk him into waiving the no move clause and you mm-hmm. trade him to a, a contending team. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely optimistic about the direction that the Rangers are heading. But by that same token, do I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup next year and give Henrik Lundqvist the storybook ending to his career? No, I really don't. Um, so I would love to see him, you know, if he's up to do, if he's up for it, uh, waiving his no move clause and accepting a trade to a team like, you know, maybe the Blues, you know, they might be looking for a backup goalie after they just traded Jake Allen, maybe a team like the Avalanche, uh, a team that gives him a chance to win the Stanley Cup, even in a backup role. Hey, the Stanley Cup is still the Stanley Cup. You still get your name on it. So I would love to see that. But but then there's this part of me that's like, oh, but man, he could play his whole career with the Rangers. And that's pretty cool because nobody ever does that anymore. Nobody ever spends their whole career with one team. So. Yeah, it's crazy. And then uh, a big X factor here. I mean, we all know Igor Shesterkin going to be back next year. He's going to be the man. He's hopefully going to be the franchise goalie. But you've got Alex Georgiev, who's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of Ranger fans and analysts are 
counting it as a little bit more of a slam dunk than I am that he's going to be back next season because the Rangers, they tend not to really pay their backup goalie. So I could see maybe a trade being worked out there or maybe he just gets a better offer being a restricted free agent and ends up somewhere else. And that could open the door for Lundqvist to stay for one more season, just finish out his career with the Rangers. But yeah, man, it is an absolutely fascinating situation. I think you hit the nail on the head with that word because again, this, this could go one of about three, four, five, six different ways here with Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, uh, that's going to be really, really interesting to watch. Yeah, Jeff Gordon has a big decision to make with with those goaltenders. It's not going to be an easy one, probably one way or the other, because you know you're not really going to have three goalies going into next season. That's just that just can't happen. So something's going to have to give. You know, maybe a team like Calgary could use Henry Lundqvist. I don't know if we're going to sign back Cam Talbot. He'll be goalie needy. I mean, Chicago is going to need a goalie if they don't want to resign Corey Crawford. There's just the goalie market is just really, really big this offseason. It's bigger than it has been in a long time. Yeah. So um, a lot of teams are going to be looking for new goalies. So that's just that, – that's, that's, I think that's the big talk of this offseason is the goaltending market, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Definitely going to be interesting to track there. And, uh, you know, I figure uh, we can end this maybe with uh, doing a couple of predictions. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Hunter. Who do you think is going to lift the Stanley Cup this season? Who you got? Oh, man. Uh, this is uh, I, I'm going to go Tampa. Tampa's okay. really, really impressing me right now. I think Vegas can take them. I, that series would go seven games if both of those teams meet in the Stanley Cup final. But um, I like Tampa too much right now. They're giving me some 2018 Capitals vibes. I hate to say that, but they really are. You know, <laughs> it's not the team they, that embarrassed them in the first round in Columbus. And they crushed Austin, I know, without Tuka Rask. But still, Yaroslav Halak is a very capable goaltender. Us Penguins fans would know that far too well as well as Capitals fans. So, but I mean, that Boston team was also really, really good, but I just don't think Philadelphia or the Islanders can beat for them four out of seven times. I know the Islanders have been really impressive. The little stingy system that Barry Trotz runs is very boring to watch. It's annoying to watch, but you know, it's effective. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to keep doing it until they're eliminated or until they somehow win. But you know, I just, I really like Tampa. They're just so deep at every position. Their forwards are incredible. Their defense, they have the X Factor goal in Vasilevsky. Um, I do think Vegas is going to meet them there. I don't think, um, I just don't think Vancouver is going to beat them two more times. They kind of, they got really lucky in game five that their goaltender just turned into God for 60 minutes. And decided- <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty and much then, what happened. Yeah. yeah it was, I think they outshot them 43 to 17, and he just, like, yep, yeah, I'm gonna be God for 60 minutes and just not let anything pass me. That's for Demko, right? Yes, it was Demko. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. they bent Nordstrom for that, but it worked. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I want to see Colorado go against Vegas, though. But I mean, who knows what's gonna happen in that game seven, though? To be honest, but I think it's gonna be Vegas Tampa in the final. Fair enough. I think I'm gonna go with Tampa. I mean, it, that's kind of the pick to make right now in the Eastern Conference because we don't know who's gonna come out of Philly and and the Islanders, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you made a great comparison there, uh, you know, comparing this Tampa Bay Lightning team to the 2018 Capitals, that team that's been knocking on the door and knocking on the door and knocking on the door, and then, yeah. you know, finally ends up breaking through. Uh, sooner or later, you know, the, the talent just kind of shines through. I could definitely see Tampa getting to the finals. I'll take them to win the East, but I'm going to stick with, uh, in the preseason, I said Avalanche over Maple Leafs in the finals. So, okay. we, yeah, I didn't do so well with the Maple Leafs. We saw what happened there. They, they choked again in the first round, but uh yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I got to stick with the Avalanche at this point, especially that they've won games five and six in the series against the Stars and uh, might be able to complete the 3-1 comeback, which would be uh, very a lot of fun to see. Yeah, that would be that would be a really fun – it's going to be a fun game seven to watch. 
I don't know if they can beat Vegas in seven ga- in a seven-game series. Vegas can just roll two number one lines at you like it's nothing, and they're just a juggernaut right now. But that would just be um, – I-, I think everyone's rooting for a Vegas Colorado Western Conference final. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I, w- I would love if Colorado came out of the West, though, I will say that. Definitely. And uh, now, is there anyone you would like to see win the Stanley Cup? You know, forget about who you think is going to win. Just any team that you're pulling for, yeah. for one reason or another? Yeah, Colorado, for sure. I love Nathan McKinnon. I think he's a top three player in, on the planet right now. There's just a fun team to watch. I love watching Kel McCarr, Rantanen, Landis Cog. I mean, hopefully Grubauer can come back. Um, I'm also a big Dallas Stars fan. I know they kind of play a little bit of boring hockey not as boring as the Islanders, but still you know I love watching Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and Radulov do their thing and I Miro Heiskanen is going to win a Norris someday he's just blossoming into a star um also wouldn't mind if Tampa wins but you know the big two that I would really like seeing win are Dallas and Colorado I really wouldn't care if um, Tampa won too but um also Vegas I'm kind of like on the fence about Vegas because you know some of the media would just you know, talk about Marc-Andre Fleury more, even though he really had nothing to do with the Stanley Cup run for Vegas right now because Leonard's basically been starting the whole time. So um, I really wouldn't look forward to that. But the two teams I would like are Colorado and Dallas. W- what do you think? So I kind of got used to rooting for the Lightning in this past round because they were up against the Bruins. So naturally, being a Ranger fan, you're not going to root for the Bruins. And yeah. then, you know, you look at the other two teams left in the Eastern Conference. You get the Flyers, you get the Islanders. As a Ranger fan, probably as a Penguin fan too, you're probably not going to root for one of those teams, I wouldn't think. Um, yeah, and then just the simple fact that former Ranger captain Ryan McDonough is on the Lightning, and he's got a chance yeah. to win the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, I know there's a couple other former Rangers. You know, you got Kevin Hayes in the Flyers, Derek Broussard on the Islanders. Um, there's, I mean, Vladislav Nemesikov. I don't really care about him. He's on the Avalanche. But you know, baby. Um, yeah, but uh, overall, I mean, I think I would definitely have to root for uh, for the Lightning just to see McDonough lift the cup. I mean, it would kind of be bittersweet to see him do it with a team other than the Rangers, but McDonough was mm-hmm. awesome, man. It wasn't his fault that the Rangers traded him. The guy was, you know, a block shot machine and led the Rangers on some really deep playoff runs. So at this point, I think I got to pull for the Lightning, and then in the Western Conference, I'll pull for the Avalanche a little bit as well. Yeah, Colorado-Tampa uh, would be a really fun Stanley Cup final, too. I'm honestly just cool with Tampa versus... Colorado, Dallas, Vegas, just any any one of those three Western Conference teams. I, I don't think Vancouver's going to get there. I think Vancouver's still a couple of years away. Uh, but, yeah, I think I'm basically cool with any final like that. But, you know, since it's 2020, man, we're totally going to get like a Stars-Islanders boring final festival. <laughs> trapping it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's what uh, the NHL is looking for because, you know, if you're looking to bring in some new fans, which at least seems possible, you know, everybody's kind of stuck inside these days. I don't know that that's the most exciting uh, Stanley Cup final matchup that you can see. I think, you know, at least in terms of forget about markets, just in terms of style of play, I think Lightning yeah. and Avalanche would be what, what the NHL would want to see and what would be most exciting for a casual hockey fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lightning, Avalanche, Lightning, Vegas, that, that would just be just a track meet between two powerhouse teams. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, the only other thing I thought we could end on here. Um, so these commercials that we've been forced to watch during these Stanley Cup playoffs, you know which ones I'm talking about? Like the Subway commercial and the one with the Geico commercial, the woman singing I about. I can't. It's just, Dude, you know, I, it's so bad. Especially, so you, know, bad. I, you know, just with um, Ryan Whitney. I, get that commercial off my TV. I change the channel when I when I see it. Is it the, the Paul Mistinet or Paul Bistinet or whatever the hell that is? It's just like... <laughs> It's so overplayed. Yeah. yeah, the Subway one is awful. Um, I think the one with David Posternock and Kendall Coyne Schofield is just 
have you you seen that one too, right? That one is just really, really bad too. Um, yeah, I've just, never, I've never been play. forced to, I've never been forced to endure such a vast collection of terrible commercials just over and over and over and over again. The the Paul missed the net one. That one was, I'll give that one a pass. That one was funny like the first two or three times I saw it. By the 70th or 80th time that I've seen it, I'm done with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it's just like the more progressive commercials. They just get old after a while. And I just, you know, I, if the NBA is on, I switch to that for three minutes. Or if there's a movie on, I switch to that. I just, I can't watch. I can't watch them. They're so bad. <laughs> it's atrocious. And, you know, definitely keep your uh, your remote handy. That mute button really comes in handy when those commercials yeah. are on. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Hunter, this was a ton of fun, man. Um, I'm definitely up for doing this again in the offseason. We'll we'll see what happens with the Rangers and the Penguins. Uh, but hey, yeah, enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You too, man. Yeah, we'll definitely do this as free agency comes in like October or something in the draft, too. Absolutely. And uh, Ranger fans, Penguin fans, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.